This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our first reading for the Feast of Corpus Christi today brings us back to one of the most important moments in salvation history and one of the most compelling sections of the Bible. Moses is speaking to the Israelites as they're about to enter the Promised Land, and he asks them to recall the 40 years of their wandering in the desert. Listen now as Moses speaks. Remember how for 40 years now the Lord God has directed all your journeying in the desert. See, the movement of the Israelites from Egypt to the Promised Land is a metaphor for the spiritual journey from sin to salvation. And here's where we can all move into the story because we're all, like the Israelites, making our way from death to life, from dysfunction to integration, from sin to grace. We're all on this same journey. Are there any people listening to me right now who've been perhaps through a 12-step process of dealing with an addiction? When you were caught in your addiction, whether to sex or to alcohol or to drugs or whatever it is, when you were caught in that addiction with all of its pain and confusion and alienation from your family, loss of job, etc., you were in Egypt. You were in a kind of slavery. Then, perhaps with the intervention of good friends and family, you were led out of Egypt. But you commenced a long and painful journey to sobriety or to integration or to health. Right? You all know that. There's a moment of liberation, if you want, when you say, yes, I've got this problem. Yes, I have to admit it. I have to turn my life over to God. But then things aren't just cleared up overnight you commence a pretty long, and let's be honest, pretty painful journey from the state of addiction and dysfunction to health. Again, I'm staying with the AA model. Think of those 40 years in the desert that the Israelites spent. I like the years of AA meetings and support groups and struggles and falling off the wagon and uh, having to talk to your sponsor and going through a lot of difficulty. Have you noticed, if you reread Exodus and Numbers, the books about this journey, just how often the Israelites complained and longed to go back to Egypt? Now, you see it happening all the time, don't you? People making their way from an addictive or dysfunctional lifestyle to sobriety they often long to go back. You know, even if they know in their heart of hearts it was a terrible time. They know it was slavery. Yet, like the Israelites, they prefer slavery to the pain they're currently going through. 
You know, the people complain, at least we had enough food to eat back in Egypt, and you've led us out here into the desert. A lot of people going through a process towards sobriety will experience the exact same feelings. might be a stupid example, uh, but I like um, movies. In the movie The Matrix, you see something very similar. If you haven't seen that movie, it's about... um, people that suddenly realize that they're living in a, in a phony world. It's a computer-generated world. And they try to escape from it into the real world, but it's a very painful process. And very often, they'd rather go back to the world of illusion. Listen, even when they know it's a world of illusion. That's a very good metaphor for someone making the transition from addiction to sobriety. Even though they know it's slavery, they prefer it to the pain they're going through. Well, friends, here's the thing. The life of every single person listening to me is like this. Why? Because we're all sinners. We're all trying to move from sin to grace. We are all, every one of us, trying to get out of a bad form of life into a proper form. To move from hatred, pride, violence, egotism, lust, envy, anger, to something more whole, more integral, more like Christ. Read the great spiritual masters across the ages. They'll tell you that sin is a lot like an addiction. It's a negative pattern of behavior in which we find ourselves stuck. Again, think of someone who's really stuck in lust or in envy or pride. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to get out of that. I'm going to just convert. Well, you might want it to be as simple as that, but it never is. Because those things are addictive. you got to go through a long and painful period in the desert. We are in, like it or not, all of us, we are in for the long haul, like the 40 years of the Israelites in the desert. Do you ever wonder, by the way, as you read the book of Exodus and and Numbers, why it took them so long to get from Egypt to the Promised Land? I mean, it's not that far physically. Well, see, it's a spiritual metaphor here. It might not be that far physically, but it is, by God, a long way spiritually. Don't make the mistake, I think the authors are telling us here, don't make the mistake of thinking that conversion and transformation are easy. They're not. They're not. Now, during these painful years, the Israelites cried out to Moses and to God, for they were hungry and thirsty. And God gave them water from the rock and manna from heaven. God nourish them. See, friends, it's very important now. Again, put yourself in this position. This is not just an ancient story. It's about you. You're in the desert. You're sometimes longing to go back to Egypt, to the ways of sin. And you cry out to God. Because part of the process of conversion is coming to a stance of complete reliance upon God and not upon the ego. See, look, sin in all its forms is egotism. 
It's a hyper-reliance on the self. It's putting too much weight on the self, if I can put it that way. What that leads to are all the dysfunctions of sin. The Israelites had to let go of their own plans and ambitions and desires and accept what God would give them and how God would lead them. They had to eat, yes, but they didn't make their own food. It's very important, isn't it? The manna from heaven, well, that's all of us, have to expect to be fed spiritually from a higher place if we are to survive this journey. That's part of the transition from sin into salvation. No, no, I'll feed myself, we say. You know, my accomplishments, my achievements, my, my projects, my plans. No, no. We have to rely upon God's food from on high. I'll give myself to drink. No, you won't. You need water from the rock provided by God. That's an essential part of the transition. Well, see, friends, I bring all this up because this is the symbolic setting that Jesus invokes in the gospel when he discusses the mystery of his body and blood. And we're on this feast of Corpus Christi, the body and the blood of Christ. Jesus says to a group of people gathered in that synagogue at Capernaum, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. He's talking to a Jewish audience. He knows they'll get what he's talking about. He's referring to the manna, this heavenly bread. I myself am the living bread come down from heaven. Manna was some sort of physical substance. Jesus is the living bread. He's living food. And that's why he can say, whoever eats this bread will live forever. Do you see now what he's implying He's implying that we are making our way painfully through a desert. We're all moving from sin to salvation. We have to have food for the journey. Without that food, we won't make it. But we have to rely on being fed from on high. That's why Jesus says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, remains in me and I in him. See, we become what we eat, don't we? We assimilate food from the environment and we make it part of ourselves. This is how intimately Christ comes to us as food and drink, as the necessities of life, as we make our way through the desert. Let me stay with that last uh, observation. The Lord is not playing around here. He's not talking about superficialities. He's saying that his body and blood are the necessary nourishment to get us through the desert. See, friends, this is exactly why the Catholic Church takes the Eucharist with such seriousness. We know it is manna in the desert. We know it's food for eternal life. Without it, we die, spiritually speaking. 
In our second reading from 1 Corinthians, we find the earliest Eucharistic theology. For Paul's writing that letter sometime in the probably early 50s of the first century, some 20 years before the first gospel was written. Here's what he says. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? I love the drama, the intimacy of that language. The Eucharist is the privileged means by which we get the divine life in us. We join Christ. We participate in him. We become integrated into the organism of his mystical body. Can I say it any more dramatically than that? So much more than following Jesus or or listening to his words we become assimilated to him as the food that we need as we make the transition from sin to grace. Just a last word. I could could do a whole homily on a whole series of homilies. This is why it's such a tragedy that so many Catholics are staying away from the Eucharist. 75% of your Catholic brothers and sisters are staying away from the Eucharist. This is not a good program if you want spiritual health, if you want to make your way through the desert. Perhaps, friends, send this homily, if you can, to someone who needs to hear it, someone who's staying away from the Eucharist, staying away from the Corpus Christi, the essential food for the journey. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. I'm Father Robert Barron. Our new Catholicism documentary series and study program can now be pre-ordered online. Go to catholicismpreorder.com. Will you help me introduce this one-of-a-kind film series and catechetical program to your parish, school, and diocese? Journey around the world and deep into the faith in this 10-part, 10-hour epic adventure. Learn more at catholicismpreorder.com.